Hi everyone, this is David Wolf. I'm excited to get right into this week's episode of Beyond the Summit, but before we do that, I want to ask you for a little help supporting the show, and it costs absolutely nothing to you except 10 seconds of your time right now. If you could go into the podcast platform that you are listening to this episode on and rate the show with five stars, that would help spread the word and the incredible messages that our guests give to us each and every week. You can leave a comment or review of what you thought about previous episodes or wait to the end of the show and leave your review then. Now look, if you don't like the episode, when you're done, you can go ahead and change your rating as well. That's perfectly fine. But thanks so much again for listening to Beyond the Summit and supporting the podcast each and every week. Welcome to Beyond the Summit, where we ditch the hiking trail for the uncharted path. We're about the raw journeys and unvarnished truths. Life's a climb, and there's always a higher peak. Your guide? It's me, David Wolf. So strap up your boots and grab your hiking stick as we adventure together each week Beyond the Summit. All right, so I am here with... Ava Geller. Ava is a senior this year at the University of Cincinnati. I said it like I was saying the Ohio State University. <laughs> the University of Cincinnati, which I attended many, 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 many moons ago. So Ava is a part of the University of Cincinnati women's lacrosse team who last year went 11 wins, 7 losses. But Ava, pretty damn good. <laughs> I think she's pretty good. She uh, scored the second most goals on the team last year, 42 goals, averaging 2.3 goals per game, Thirty and with shots, 34%. That's not bad either. Yeah. No? Yeah. I like to well, shoot. <laughs> she likes to shoot. She does like to shoot. Uh, but she goes in super aggressive. You're only like, you know, like five foot nothing. Three. <laughs> Don't forget You're the three. aggressive little lady going like right in between all these big defenders. It's so fun to watch. And then uh, for assists, though, she was uh, number one. She had 18 assists for the year, which is one assist per game, which doesn't sound like a lot. But, I mean, when you got that many people assisting, it's a lot. So that's awesome. And uh, so what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about her pathway to becoming a Division One college lacrosse player. She's going to, most importantly, I think, is give advice for any any student out there that's in high school that wants to go to Division One, or not even just Division One, but any college program for lacrosse, and I think a lot of times parents want to know what do I have to do to get my my kid to that level as well. So she's going to give her advice on that as well, and talk about her path. But let's start with this, Ava. Oh, you know what the funny thing is too? Let's talk about a little funny story. Is that okay? Yeah. So. Here's my daughter. I've got two daughters that play lacrosse. My youngest daughter, her name is Jillian. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we go to the UC games. We see Ava two years ago. So you were just a sophomore. This was yeah, your... that's when I first got there. And, and, and Jillian goes, that's my favorite player right there. That's my favorite. I, I follow her on Instagram. And so, and I, I think the next game, before the next game, she had already been sending you messages and, and went, oh my gosh, Ava Geller sent me a message. She liked my post. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's Jilly amazing. was actually the first ever fan I had. Oh, there you go. So oh. I remember, I'll never forget because she made my mom cry, but um, we were doing, we were signing autographs and Jilly came up to me and she was like, you are just, you're my favorite player. Every day I train, I want to be like you. And, and I just 
you. I just want to be just like you. And my mom's, of course, like bawling her eyes out. I'm like, mom, stop. But like I that was Jilly was the first ever fan I had. That's so fun. Yeah. And then yeah. I remember like we went to the next game and you turned around, and you waved at her and like she just melted. She missed first. school to come to my game. Yes. That was, <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to go. It was uh, Florida Gators were coming. Yeah, in it, got, it got rescheduled. Yeah, I think they had like a tropical storm come through so they couldn't get off the ground. And then like the game was then rescheduled from Saturday to Monday. And we were the like maybe one out of 20 people in the stadium. <laughs> yep. All the student there because I pulled her out of school because she wanted to go so badly. I know. But it was fun. It was worth it. It was a good time. Yep. So, the, it, but you know, it's funny. So like, and I noticed even this past summer, we were at a lacrosse tournament in Indianapolis and you were there and you and I were talking and all these kids are like, oh, that's Ava right there. It's such a big difference when you come to the Midwest and you play lacrosse because, like, of how up and coming it is here. Like, that's where I was like, wow, like, people actually, like, because, I mean, I'm from Maryland, so you have Maryland, Towson, all the big schools are all over there, Penn State, all of them. Because then you come here and it's like University of Cincinnati is the only one in Cincinnati. Well, now Xavier is. But they think you're celebrities. And it's, like, the coolest thing ever. Right. Because you never thought that, like, you could get it that much credit. <laughs> it's really cool. That's fun. Does the other the other uh, athletes on your team, do they get that a lot, too? Yeah. Like, Cam Callahan, like, gets talked about all the time. Like, with my girls, they're like, so you play with Cam? I'm like, yes, I do. Because I'm also, obviously, a coach. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. So, I guess, yeah. So, I guess the stardom fandom that's something you're going to have to get used to if you want to be a a college lacrosse player too which is kind of fun and it seems like it's growing here like you say that you were in maryland and and it's so big out on the east coast and it's been growing here in the last five to ten years here in the midwest where i i just heard i don't know if this is rumor or not but i heard that ohio university and miami university of oxford may be getting lacrosse teams in the next year i haven't heard anything but i wouldn't be surprised yeah Especially because they're both such big schools. Also, they might be like a Title IX thing. So with Title IX, you have to have like a certain amount of girls' sports to men's sports. And that's like lacrosse is such an easy one to add where people will come to. Yeah. now, And I think of Miami University where my son is at right now. Radford University was the college you first went into. That's probably the same size as Miami of Ohio, but maybe even a little bit smaller, don't you think? Definitely smaller um, because Miami obviously has like big football and all that. Radford didn't have any of that. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm not too familiar with Miami, but I, Radford had about 8,000 kids. Okay. And most of them were all commuters. So like actual like percentage that were on campus was small. Okay. All right. Let's go back and start with how did you even get into lacrosse? So I actually, I feel like I have a very unique story when it comes to this, especially being from Maryland, because everybody from Maryland is like, oh, I grew up with a stick in my hand. Um, I actually didn't know what sports were until I was in like fifth grade. So I grew up in like a family where we would play outside 24-7 and and I wanted to be the quarterback for football. I begged my mom to let me play football and be a quarterback because that's all I would do in the street was throw this football. My mom was like, no, you're not playing football. I'm laughing because my daughter Addison, who you know, she just wanted to play football. Yeah, I bet that's the only sport I wanted to play was football. And my mom grew up a really good volleyball player. Um, so I would just like like hit the volleyball in the house with my mom or throw the football outside with my brothers. And 
play tackle football with the boys in the neighborhood. Like it was never anything structured or anything. It was kind of just like I was athletic, but like didn't know what to do with it. So then my parents got divorced and we moved up to Bel Air, Maryland, which is like really big into sports, which I didn't know until I moved up there. My stepdad has my stepbrother and they've been playing soccer forever. My stepdad played soccer competitively all growing up as well. So that was the first area I thrown into was soccer and softball. So I get put into softball and I'm like, I am going crazy. Like I cannot stand here. So my mom's like, why don't you, why don't you just try lacrosse? So I show up with a wooden stick because I have no idea what lacrosse is or how to play. What age were you? I was in fifth grade. Okay. So I showed up with like a wooden stick. Like I had no clue what I was getting myself into. And um, I played rec and I realized that I was, I was pretty good. Like, relatively speaking for someone first starting i was i was pretty decent so then um so then in sixth grade i decided to try out for my club lacrosse team nems which all my friends played on they all told me to come try out for it me being me i'm like yeah i'll do anything i got cut and i was super embarrassed because all my friends are wearing their nems stuff around school and i i got cut so i was like trying to like hide the fact that I got cut and like all this stuff. But I mean, granted, it was only like my first year ever at lacrosse. Um, so then I ended up playing for this like random club and kind of just like developing my skills. We had like this at apparently we had like travel and it's called Myla. And we had like an A and a C team and all my friends were on the A team but I was on the C team. So it was kind of like and we won like a lot of stuff that year. It was awesome. But I just got to like basically develop my skills and again it's only like my first or second year playing so I went back out tried it back out for NEMS made the team and was on the team until I graduated I got recruited so you know you think about fifth grade it's and you think you started late because of all your friends out on the east coast started so much earlier fifth grade would be extremely earlier here I know in, in Ohio and a lot of other parts of the country Here's an important thing, too. So if you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I started too late or my kids started too late, I'll never make it to college and and lacrosse. One of the most recognized names in the last five years in women's lacrosse is Charlotte North. (laughs) And when did Charlotte start playing? I think she started playing either eighth grade or ninth grade. Yeah, I think I don't think she started playing until high school. Right. And she had really her sport was was basketball. But then she started playing and then she became one of the greatest of all time. I think what she held the record for the most goals in a single season. Yeah, until I would broken I after to say that she's playing. one, if not the greatest of all time. We went to a um, this past year, I think it was. Uh, we went to a, a training camp that she had here in Cincinnati indoor. And when she threw the ball and it hit the, the you know, it's, you know, it's inside of the soccer field it's the indoor arenas. She hit the ball against the wall. I thought the ball was going to go through the wood. <laughs> it was so strong, and it made such a loud pop. Ridiculous. All right. So you play through high school. Tell me about the high school years. Um. So this is where, like, things got a little tricky. So, again, that, like, I started late, kind of just worked my way up, remade the team, realized again that I was good. Didn't realize how good I was, but, like, I knew that I was just athletic, I was scrappy, and... I needed to work on a lot of fundamentals. Um, so when it came to high school, I made my varsity team 
freshman year. Um, so I think I like barely made it, but I made it. Um, and I actually played defense. So they didn't roll me on offense. They were like, you, you're not getting it. Um, so go ahead and hang out on defense. I also took the draw. So I was like really good at the draw. That was something that like I worked on and was pretty good at. So I was like either like a FOGO or defense until like my junior year where I played everything because a lot of our girls graduated. Also like a little preface, we had like a number one recruit in the 2018 class, like on our team in high school. So we were, we won states my freshman year. Like we were really good. So I didn't play much, but I was just there. Um, still practicing and I like really tuned in on like how good these girls were and like how I wanted to be like them like I would start cradling like them and I would purposely put myself a freshman defender against these juniors who were going to UNC because I just I wanted to play against them like I wanted to I wanted to learn how to defend them I wanted to learn how they moved all of that um but then so sophomore year came around and I started struggling really bad with my mental health um, so there was just a lot of stuff going on with my family and my mental health was really bad. So I migrate, I was in like the biomedical sciences program in high school. Um, my grades dropped so bad to where I thought I was going to get kicked out of it. Um, I think I ended my sophomore year with a 2.8 GPA, um, which wasn't like me. I was getting like 4.0s, 4.5s, you know, I was in all those AP classes Um, So that was really tough on me, like for lacrosse and for the rest of my career, because, well, high school at least, because when it came to recruiting, I had to tell my recruiting coordinator for my club team that, hey, like, if schools are looking for people with good GPAs, like you can't, it's not me. Like right now, my current GPA in high school is probably a 3.0. And at that age in high school, like a 3.0 is like kind of not the best because again you have all those AP classes like you people are getting 4.6s so the fact that I was barely scraping by with a 3.0 with a bunch of D's was like not okay um so that's how high school went for me a little bit when it got to recruiting again it was like really tough conversations I had to have with my coaches and then also I felt like I wasn't really being developed as much like I was just kind of like existing showing up to practice and yeah, so <laughs> that's how my high school career went. So a lot of people, you know, they go through it. I hear the story. They'll go through into their high school years and then somewhere in there, they've got this dream. They want to become a college player, whether it's division one, two or three. And then they just get burnout for whatever reason. You know, have you seen that happen to people? Have they been able to overcome that burnout? I just read in a Facebook forum not too long ago, uh, a mother put in here, my daughter has, after all these years, has just decided she doesn't want to do it anymore. What do I do? And there was some you know, advice. She doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it. Don't force her to. Don't make her miserable. What have you seen with burnout? You know, you know, did you go through burnout when you were having your, your challenges? Yeah. So um, Before I was in high school, our recruiting, so now you can't, like, recruiters can't reach out to you until September 1st of your junior year. When I was going through it, um, I had schools reaching out to me in eighth grade. So it was before the rule passed. So, like, I vividly remember, like, Arizona State reaching out in eighth grade. That was my first ever college look. And I was like, well, like, I'm good enough to go D1. Like, I I didn't realize that, like, I was at that level. 
that coaches would see me like that. Again, because I was always just existing, trying to play catch up. I was trying to play catch up to these girls on my team who have been playing forever and whose parent were on the board for my club. Like it was always, I felt like I was constantly playing a game of catch up. And so my eighth grade year, I was like, I'm going to Maryland. Like I want to go to the University of Maryland and play lacrosse. Like that's that was my goal. I had Maryland signs all over my room. Like that was all I wanted to do. So once everything started happening and they were like, make your list of schools, I was like, I don't even I don't even want to play lacrosse. So that's where it went from. That's where I realized that like that's where I was going with burnout was the fact that this person in eighth grade who just started and wanted nothing but to go play at the highest division one level. I wanted nothing to do with it anymore. Um, I just didn't. I was too honestly. I was like too embarrassed to like tell coaches about my grades and about my mental health and all that. And that I it was just it burnt me out. Like I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I didn't want to have to deal with pleasing other people because I can't even please myself and stuff like that. So when it came to time for recruiting, um, really the only school I showed interest in was Cincinnati, but it wasn't, it was kind of like for my parents. So like, I didn't want to go anywhere. I begged my mom to let me stay home and go to community college and play at the community college. Um, so that was like a big struggle with me. And my mom didn't get the opportunity to go to college like to play sports even though she had offers so her thing was that I wasn't allowed to do that she was like you you need to give me at least a year at least a year like I went through it and like I understand where you're coming from but like I this is in your best interest like I just need you to try it out for me so there was like a lot of fights and I did talk for a little but I so University of Cincinnati was looking there in high school went to their junior day they're really the only school I was looking at. Um, and then they kind of like, we didn't like the, the communication lacked a lot. So when it came to Radford reaching out to me after a full bowl game, uh, they were like, do you want to just come to our, come do a campus tour? I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Because at this point I have no clue what's going on in Cincinnati. I'm kind of stressed out because my mom won't let me stay home. That's all I want to do. So, like, whatever. I'll go. I ended up loving the campus. So, the head coach at Cincinnati, who is my head coach now, called me and basically was like, yeah, we don't really have money for you. We don't really have a spot. Um, You're, like, number four on our midfielders right now. So, like, if other people don't take the money, then, like, yeah, you could have it. But, like, right now we're not, like, offering you. So, I was like, okay. I was like, I really wanted to go to Radford anyway. Because I fell in love with the campus and that I could do nursing and all of that. And again, like these were two schools that were taking a chance on me. So that was hard too. So keep in mind, I mean, I didn't have the best grades. I didn't have the best like really resume at all. So they were both seeking a chance on me and I decided I want to go with a smaller one. So I committed to Radford that day. Um, and that started my journey in the college world and realizing that I couldn't be burnt out because I was about to go to college. So that's kind of how like I overcame my burnout, I would say. I had a lot of like support with my mom of like being like, no, like, like I know you're burnt out, but like, trust me. Like, and I also got a lot of like mental help when it came to that. So like, I did a lot with like talking to my psychiatrist and getting on medication and figuring out what worked for me in the sport that I thought I loved 
finding out like what I really loved from that and where I could go from that, it almost made me like push away the burnout and kind of like push towards a bigger goal. So you mentioned your coach at UC. Her name is Gina. Yes. And I love watching Gina coach because she is someone I do not want to meet in the dark alley. She yes. looks tough. Is she one of the more tougher uh, coaches you've had to be coached by? Yes. So, um, again, all growing up, I really feel like I didn't. My high school coach coached me, but with club, we were kind of just like a revolving door of coaches. So I feel like I never really got coached in general. Um, so I'd, actually, my Radford coach was the first coach that I got coached by, and that is uh, Coach Hardy, who is now my assistant coach at Cincinnati. Um. But she, I felt like, was the first coach who ever really took a chance on me. And I feel like that really helped me a lot. And then when it came to me transferring and her vouching for me that I could come back here after, again, like Gina didn't offer me money or anything, um, coming here was, like, the best thing I could have done. And Gina's just as hard on me as Haley was in, like, all the different ways. So she's a really tough coach. But the thing is with Gina is that she just cares so much about her players and about like the success of the program and also like the success of the players, not just in lacrosse, but outside of lacrosse as well. So like, yeah, she's tough, but never to a point I felt like where like it was detrimental. It was always, I expect so much of you and I need you to do it type thing rather than why aren't you doing this? It's more of like a construction, constructive thing. Do you feel like, and again, this is in Maryland, do you feel like those the coaches in high school are a little bit nicer or not as tough? I, I would say my high school coach is pretty tough. Um, I've, Obviously, I mean, like, high school was so long ago, I can't really remember, like, exactly what, but I just, I mean, we, we won states. Like, our coach had to be tough. She had to push us. I remember doing conditioning, like, actually, in high school, which, like, a lot of high schools don't do, Um, I've heard. So I remember being pushed. I remember like, again, being put up against the UNC and the Georgetown and the Michigan commits and they didn't expect you to do any worse or better. They expected you to do just as well as they did. What made the decision to transfer over from Radford to UC in your sophomore year? Going back to high school where, again, I feel like I didn't have many options because I kind of like put myself in a hole um, with my grades and just like my performance and all of that. When I went to Radford and actually got coached and had someone who believed in me and pushed me to be the person who I was, um, I had a great season there, um, not only on the field, but I ended with a 4.0 GPA in nursing school, which was like my biggest feat because I I graduated with a 2.8 GPA, like coming to college and being able to say that that's not who I was and this is who I am was like the biggest thing for me um so at Radford I got freshman of the year in the conference and then I also got first team all conference I uh, also got like first team in Virginia so I got like a lot of accolades and again I never really was like ever given anything or praised for my anything I was just I didn't realize I was good or that I could have the potential to be good so my head coach ended up leaving at the end of the season and I would have never transferred if she didn't leave. But because she left and I was like, this is an opportunity for me to make up my recruiting process that I didn't get. Because 
I put myself so in this hole in high school. I was like, I, I have the opportunity now to maybe go to a school that's like a Cincinnati, or maybe I get to choose again, or maybe I realize that I don't want anything besides Radford. So I went in the transfer portal and um, decided again, just to reach out to schools. And I still got rejected a lot. I reached out to Vanderbilt and I got rejected from them. I reached out to UVA, got rejected from them. So there's a lot of different schools that like I I reached out to that I realized still like weren't looking for transfers or like weren't looking for someone from a Radford University in the Big South. Um, but so then I reached back out to Gina and I was like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> I was kind of like, um, just I've I've changed a lot. I've grown a lot. I would love for you to like reevaluate me. Like, I don't know if you remember me. And she was like, of course I remember you. Like, please, let's talk. Um, so <clears throat> it kind of helped also because my head coach at the time, she was looking for other jobs um, in the Cincinnati area. So I knew that she was looking for other jobs in this area, but I didn't know that she was looking like at Cincinnati or going to Cincinnati. So when it came to that, I was able to talk to Gina and also have Haley on my back. So like, vouching for me again because Haley got to coach me and Gina didn't but like they both knew me before so it was like really cool um so Gina was like of course I remember you and we talked a lot and she ended up offering me money and I committed to here and I was really excited because it was my dream to go to Cincinnati in high school and I, I ruined that for myself so I was like really excited to like have another chance at something great um and then like a week after I committed, my head coach texted me and she was like, guess who's your assistant at Cincinnati? So like, yes, we came together, but also like I committed not knowing if she was going to Xavier or Cincinnati. Right. So it was really, it's a really cool story. We're going to get to the big question here uh, of the advice that you're going to give high schoolers uh, in just a second to get to this level. But I, I let's talk about one of the, Probably the coolest, one of the fun things that you get to experience at an age where you're not even old enough to legally drink, which is getting out on that field and you got the music and you got your face up on the big scoreboard. And, and what does that do for you? What does that do emotionally for you? I It makes me cry every year. I'm an emotional person when it comes to anything to do with like competitiveness or drive or just in general. Um and so every year, whether it's an away game or a home game, I cry because um, it's just like, wow, like I get the opportunity to step out on this field. Um, when they say the starting lineup and my name's in it, I still cry. Um, I just it's something that you'll never understand the impact it has on you until it does. And I think that's something that I realized um, again, that. My, fir- my freshman year at Radford, I was like a starter and then I wasn't a starter. And then I got moved to attack and was like an, like a set in stone starter type thing. And still, it's just it like I every time I got my even if I look back at my freshman of the year posts and all that, I, I cry like a baby. It's just like the feeling is unmatched. And when you look up and you like have people like your Jilly who come up to you and ask for autographs and tell you that they're your biggest fan. It's just like, wow, like 
again, someone like me who didn't even want to play lacrosse in college, who got forced to go away and forced to play a season, like, it, you don't realize you have impact on everybody and even yourself. And little girls look up to you. And your parent, like, my, my mom looks up to me. And it's just, like, it's it's an unreal feeling. And getting, uh, you score in your Bearcat goal by Ava Geller and your music comes on and they call out the starters. And, oh, uh, it's just, like, it's an unreal feeling. And, again, you'll never truly understand it until you're, like, there. But it makes me so emotional. <laughs> well, yeah. And it comes with a lot of hard work, obviously which is probably step number one of how to become a Division One college lacrosse player. There's so many things that are going into this. Sometimes it seems like it's a little bit of politics, too, and hopefully it's not. Hopefully that's a misconception. But there's so many things, you know, what camps do I go to? What college visits do I have to go to? All this stuff. So for you, your advice, what are you going to give to everybody? This is the advice. This is as, as best I can in a general sense, not an individual, but a general sense, this is what I would recommend that if your kid or if you yourself want to go to college and play lacrosse in, in Division One, Two, II, or Three, this is what you got to do. Go for it. I think the biggest advice is just whatever you like. So bringing it back to like the very basics. So as a player yourself, when you're out on that field, like you give it everything you have, no matter what game it is, no matter who it's against, no matter anything. Number one thing that college coaches want to see is hard work. And number one thing that you need to have as a division one athlete is work ethic. So that's even like jogging to and from water and making sure that you're doing everything that your coach needs you to do. Even if you don't think it's right, trust your coach and do what they think. So that's like my very like basic, like if you don't have that, it's, it's going to be a really difficult for you to go to a camp and get recognized or go do this and get recognized or email them and have them vouch for you type thing. So number one is just, it has to be in your heart. It has to be, you got to want it and you got to want to do everything that you possibly can to be there and to try and step up and be there. Even if, again, I wasn't the best growing up, but I would never let anybody outwork me. And that was like my thing is I didn't care how good I was I didn't care how bad I was like I was the fastest one on that field I was the one going to that ball like it was always like put a lot of pressure on myself um I think in general the recruiting has changed so much from when I was an athlete so when we did recruiting we would send out emails so we had like a script and we would fill out the email and send it out now you have like the IWLCA portal and all that which is a huge help it honestly makes your life a lot easier um but I think really just put again being uncomfortable is something that'll make you blossom. So I always I always tell my girls whenever I'm like giving a private lesson or something like that, I'm like, if it feels wrong, you're probably doing it right. So like even with lacrosse and then even with like, again, if you're uncomfortable, like it's it's probably the right thing. It's probably something that you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone to do. Um, so going to camps, um, I don't pay so much money for those camps that are like 800 colleges are going to be here and see if you get recognized pick and choose your camps so like if you i knew that all growing up i wanted to go to umbc so and it was 40 minutes away from my house so i would go to the umbc camps every time they had them and it was just college exposure so like go to the cincy camps go to the xavier camps go to ohio state camps go to any camp that you can find that's near you just go get college exposure also like 
before tournaments, make sure that you're emailing out your emails. Like if like I would always email every coach. I didn't care if it was University of Florida or if it was Penn State or it was Radford. I emailed every coach and I was like, these are my times that I'm playing. Like I'd really love if you could come watch. Because the thing is, is the way you look on paper and the way you look in person is so different. If you looked at me in paper in high school, you would be like, there's no way I want that girl. But then if you saw me in person, I feel like I gave off a very different vibe on the field than I do over paper. So I think that's, again, just my main advice. Also, like, chase your dreams. Like, I know that's so, so cliche, but don't, like, nothing is ever too big. And I think that if you if you set a limit for yourself, you're already doing yourself a disservice. Um, I think that there's no limit to potential. There's no, again, no limit to hard work and to how much you really care and want something. So never put a cap on yourself. So recently, some of the the guys that coach my girls, I heard them make some comments about um, when it's over, it's over and you're going to miss it. And if you quit now because you have burnout or if you are going through four years of college, when it's over, it's over and you're going to miss it. Have you started thinking about that and the emotions that this is my last year and when game 18 is over, if I'm not in the playoffs, when game 18 is over, I'm done. Have you started thinking about that and and how you're going to feel when when that last buzzard goes off at the end of game 18? Yeah, so I get an emotional person, so I get really emotional thinking about it. Um it's hard. It's really hard when, again, like I've I've found kind of like my own purpose in lacrosse, where again I never really felt like I had that. Um, so now that I've made this name for myself, and I, it's what I do every day. It's every day I go out, and even today's an off day, and I'll still go out and do stuff because it's it's who I am. So I think that's the part that's like really hurting me is what do I do with my life now. What do I put all of my effort into? And obviously you find different things, but I think what really, really helps me go through this transition is coaching. And I am so passionate about coaching. And right now I'm like at the club level and I care so much about it. And to the point where I spend weekends in college going to tournaments and coaching rather than hanging out with my friends. And I think that that's something that I can put all of my knowledge and like my heart for lacrosse into because I, I, there's nothing more I love than lacrosse. And I am someone who will admit that I'm very in and out. I love it. I love everything about the game. And again, not only like the playing part, obviously the playing part gets hard to love sometimes when like you just want so much for yourself and it's not there, but the coaching is what keeps me going. And the girls who again still look up to you and still will always ask for lessons and who want to still have your autograph and think that you're like the coolest person ever um but yeah so coaching has really helped me like be able to like be ready for this transition but I don't think I'll truly ever be ready to be done with lacrosse um and yeah it's I think that when that last buzzer goes off I think that I'll probably be in my room for about three days (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Well, hey, we still got a year to go. I can't wait to get to Nippert Stadium at the University of Cincinnati to watch the Bearcats and Ava play. So if you have never seen Ava play, I'm sure you can go on YouTube and 
punch in her name and you'll probably see some highlight reels. And so, uh, yeah, take a look at the University of Cincinnati. And and uh, even if you're uh, planning on going to another college, it's no reason you can't watch her. I mean, I've had my girls watching lacrosse games anytime they can on TV just so we can talk about strategy and placement. Yeah. And what's this person doing? And that's that's something that's, you know, if you're not on the field or if you're not against a wall throwing wall ball, that's a great way to just increase your, your, your field Across knowledge. IQ. Yep. Yep. Across IQ. There you go. Well, Ava, thank you so much for being on Beyond the Summit. If this is your first time listening to Beyond the Summit, hey, follow it. This isn't just, you know, a success story about being in lacrosse or in sports. There's so many different topics that we talk about on this podcast. Success stories from people that have PTSD and, and that served our country to... About just about everything. I mean, there's so many different topics we talk about. I'm so grateful that Ava was here today because it's really going to benefit so many people out there. So Ava, thank you so much and uh, good luck. Go Bearcats. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, this is David. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please go ahead and give this episode a five-star rating. Also, leave a review or any questions you might have for the guests and I'll make sure they get it. Thanks again so much for listening and we'll see you again next week on Beyond the Summit.